0: This episode is brought to you by Vinsmart. Need help with your recall campaigns? DMVs, government agencies, fleet owners can learn more by visiting vinsmart.com slash businesses or call 1-888-950-9550. Welcome to AnvaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the Anva community. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the AmvoCast. This week, we are talking to our chair of the board, Mike Dixon. And we're talking to him because he is finishing his tour as chair of the board. So, Mike, welcome back to the AmvoCast.
1: Well, thank you for having me back, Ian. I appreciate it. Great to be here.
0: So, we've started doing this. We did it last year with uh, Whitney as she finished finished her tour as chair. And now we get to chat with you, look back as you're on your year as chair of the board. Um, I don't think it would surprise anybody to say it was not the kind of year you had planned for or intended when, you know, back four or five years ago, uh, you joined the as executive committee, you know, with the expectation of moving up the ranks and becoming chair of the board, not the type of year one would have expected.
1: Yeah, you got that right. I think that uh, I used to pay attention to our previous chairs, and they talk about their travels, and so I was expecting that, but clearly when uh, COVID hit, and Whitney and Ann and the team set up the uh, virtual meetings, I knew that was likely going to be a large part of my um, tenure, and uh, I'm happy to see that we're going to maybe transition out of it soon, but uh, yeah, that's definitely what was in store for me.
0: Yeah, and so how did that change your uh, ability or the type of engagement that that you had to do and you did do as you know being an ambassador for AMVA and working with partner organizations or speaking with members? Um, you know, we talk a lot about having to pivot. You know, it's become one of the one of the buzzwords of the COVID era. We pivoted to new ways of doing things. Um, how, how did that impact you in terms of your approach of being chair?
1: Well, I think that. Because COVID started before I was chair, and we had already transitioned as a state to teleworking, I had already started my duties uh, working remotely and using leadership in that method. And then, of course, simultaneously, uh, Whitney and Ann had started it with the board before I took over. So it really wasn't that hard to transition into it. What was the transitions that we dealt with, and and you were very much a part of that, Ian, was the preparing for a virtual workshop, um, improving upon the virtual meetings that we did have, and then addressing whether or not we should come out of how we would support the regions in coming out of COVID, should that be the case for their boards. Those were the big and those were big big challenges that those uh, each of those regional presidents and their boards had to deal with. And uh, I thought they did a great job doing that. But uh, that's really, I was prepared going in because of that uh, preparation before I even had to hit it. If I had just started out flat out, it might have been more of a, a knee-jerk reaction.
0: And you how do you feel about the, the accomplishments that AMVA has been able to have or, or not have, honestly, during this year where we haven't been able to be together in a traditional sense? Um, are, does it, are there things you could point to and say, well, we still really did this well, and there are these things which, you know, we just unfortunately maybe we weren't able to do because that's the reality of the world we're living in right now.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it is very true that... Um... You can't really build relationships to the degree uh, you can in person online. It's just not possible. Um, But that being said, if you know people, you can sustain relationships very well. And so that is something that I think we were able to do quite well because the AMBUS staff did a wonderful job with the virtual meetings that we conducted. And we have tremendously great board members and uh, we have good committee member leaders and all that and the staff does a wonderful job as well so that is you can't build more new relationships very well but you can sustain them so I think we did that very well as far as the workload I was looking through that and you know I can't compare to year to year because I did not do a comparison so I, I won't say that anything how we compared to other sure. years but <laughs> we did an awful off- so it's right. not a competition. Right. It's just about this year, and it was, a, but it was an awful lot of work. And uh, every board meeting yeah. that we had, uh, there were updates from uh, some great folks on what they've been doing. And you know, thirteen uh, working documents were published this year. Uh, and we know that the uh, that's all the work of the staff and our volunteers that are in committee members doing that work in the, in the committee. So uh, that work did not let up. The board certainly didn't let up. Uh, our treasurer and the FIAC did their due diligence the entire year and did a wonderful job. And that was all done remotely for the most part. And so we were able to show that, and I'm pretty proud of this too, in the fact that our members running their DMVs, they kept the, their jobs, they kept their support to their customers going throughout this pandemic and made it better at the end. And I think ANVA did the same thing as well as our board of directors. I think that uh, it was a very challenging year with the pandemic to work through, but everybody did a wonderful job and we were able to get the job done. So uh, the thing we couldn't do, though, is we couldn't travel. We couldn't see each other in person, but I'm excited about what's to yeah. come.
0: You know, the the 13 working documents, I think, is a good Uh, indicator, and it's a testament to what you were saying about you can maintain an existing relationship. And we look at those, whether it was board meetings or committees and working groups, because a lot of those initiatives were in progress when we transitioned into COVID. They were able to sustain through virtual meetings and complete and produce those deliverables. I think it's a different challenge for the new working groups and new committees that are being stood up during this time where they're trying to create the relationship Online. Um, And so it'll be interesting to see in another year or two um, can we produce at that kind of a volume when there's you don't have that base relationship to build on?
1: You're right. Um, And so hopefully we are going to move out and get back to in person. But I think we'll be able to leverage this, what we've learned uh, electronically, electronic connections to supplement that. And that'll probably aid in our um, workload going forward, but those in-person events, as you're talking about for the new, the new members that come on, it's really important to get together. And I think that's, uh, goes without saying.
0: When you look at those 13 deliverables from our member groups, um, are there a couple that stand out to you that, you know, you could say, you know, the fact that these were produced when I was chair of the board, um, and it's not to say they're not all fantastic and all important, because we know we, you know, we love all our children equally. <laughs> but when you look at a couple that are maybe you know a different flavor from some of the traditional products that Anva puts out, is there anything that stands out at you?
1: Well, I, I do agree with you. I think that they all are the, on their own are, are wonderful uh, standalone documents that address their particular areas. But I, I think that the what to do once to, and to expect when stopped by law enforcement. I think that's a really good document in this day and age where there's so much scrutiny over, um, the different varying opinions of law enforcement and all that. And we know they're so important, but how we work with them mm. during a stop, is a pretty significant thing. And so by having that, so maybe called a training aid, if you will, that's just a good thing to be able to have a, be able to be prepared for that type of thing since we're all subject to that if we drive a car. Um, So uh, that I think is a really good one. And the uh, managing data privacy and external access best practice is definitely one of those topics that is every year it just seems like it's becoming more and more in the forefront of Bringing up our responsibility to make sure, make sure we're maintaining data privacy. And it's also at the national level as well with a, a potential bill that's being looked at or wa- monitored by the staff. Uh, and I've seen it here at our state. So, yeah, I think that's a, one of the other ones I would call out.
0: It's really interesting that you choose those two, Mike, because they're both also examples of some non-traditional ways where we look at our work. And what I mean by that is a lot of our deliverables are often very specific to the business of driver licensing, vehicle registration, title, or law enforcement. And the first one is you know, a great example of something that driver licensing agencies can do to help prepare motorists to interact with the other section of our membership, law enforcement. And so that's a real crossover item. And then, of course, the managing data privacy one really just kind of cuts across all silos, all business areas. It's not a Driver licensing, vehicle reg, law enforcement issue—it is across the board with public agencies dealing with this data. You're right. I, I
1: do. I do believe, uh, and you—you you see this if you're uh, monitoring the uh, the committees closely, which I got the, the the vantage point of seeing that, as well as our board advisors get to see this as well. There's a lot of cross-purpose topics these days. Uh, maybe before it was more focused on things that were related to only one part of that uh, area driver vehicle or law enforcement but now they are crossing over quite a bit I think you're right on that
0: now of course the other area you know where uh, members in particular rely heavily on anva is our IT services you know so as you look back again you know as your year of chair um, what do you look at in terms of the the I wouldn't say growth or expansion, but the continued, you know, reliance and, you know, delivery of our IT services, the applications, and the ability for jurisdictions to either rely on them or to join on with some of the ones that are expanding. You know, what what pops out to you as your year as chair?
1: Yeah, thanks. You know, it's one of our strategic priorities is technology management. And I'll highlight a few of the ones that are very notable in terms of how they affected jurisdictions. But I'd first state up front that there's a major effort that's going to continue into next year, which is starting now, has already started, is the upgrading of our systems. And I think uh, the IT uh, committee and Philippe are doing a wonderful job with that. And that t- sometimes gets, it's not really, it's something you really talk about a lot, but that is so critical to our future as an association. But it's really nice to see this past year that we had 34 states now use state-to-state verification services. Uh, we had six states add-on last past year, which we know is a big challenge for those other states that have to pick up their duplicates. <laughs> and uh, they work through that, but that makes us all better as, as this program matures and we get all the jurisdictions on board that's going to allow us to have a lot more capability in working state-to-state between states on our uh, residents moving from state-to-state I'm saying that too often, but the that that's going to make us even better uh, as a uh, nationwide program. And then the other part is the uh, um, digital image access exchange. We had two states that joined that this year with a total of 27 now. And that's a great feature that probably is not very well known as well beyond those 27 states that helps you uh exchange an image that helps your uh, employees do a better job of determining um, each record as they work through it so those are two i'd highlight there's other really good ones though in terms of navita's work and Sidless work there's just a lot of work that was done this past year in the technical area
0: yeah it's amazing how that nothing slows that world down right if, if you know if nothing else is proven by this time of the pandemic Um, the ability for technology to continue to evolve and the need to rely on it and in many cases the pandemic accelerated it with you know this drive to be able to do everything touchless not in person and like you said at the outset with everybody you know uh, moving into telework or most people moving into telework and many staying there the ability for uh, those systems to meet those demands um, were really put to the test and I think you know Certainly, when you look back at, at this year, the reliability and the uptime of the Anva systems is something I think we could all be proud of. So you mentioned that you know technology is one of our strategic areas of focus, um, which also raises the idea that this would have been the year under the original plan that the strategic framework um, would have reached the end of its original planned timeline. Um, but you led the board through some conversations to revisit that expectation and, and adjust it um, to have a new outlook on where to go next with the strategic framework, at least in the timing and you know what what might still be valid and what might need to be tweaked. Can you share a little bit about um, how that conversation went and the trajectory on the strategic framework?
1: Yeah, that's a good one. And as everybody probably knows, our strategic plan was uh, due to be up, up, upgraded. And because it it has gone through its planned duration, but of course we came into a COVID situation and the the dialogue was, should we update in the midst of a crisis or should we potentially learn uh, as we go through the crisis, what we can do to maybe update our strategic plan uh, for the association uh, based on some lessons learned from that. And that's what we really opted to do uh, Our secretary, uh, Christina Boardman, is the chair of that strategic framework group. We have some great board members on that. And they've been looking at what should we do in terms of should we see what we have in place today? How does it fit today and into the future? Uh, And what's coming up, I believe, is a survey, which I'm hopeful that all members will have a chance to provide their input on that to help us. Decide what's the best path forward in terms of our future strategic plan for the association. And uh, I think we're in good stand there with the, those folks uh, being on there. It's good for the future of our our board with uh, members that are on there that will probably be moving up the ranks in the future.
0: And as you look back as your year as chair, are there things you've picked up along the way thematically that you think will naturally be? in that updated strategic framework, not, you know, word for word, but kind of, you know, as chair, you get to talk to a broader base of members and stakeholders um, than sometimes you're other exposed to. Any big themes in terms of where the community is going um, that might find its way into the updated framework?
1: That's a good question, Ian. The one thing I think we have discovered, or I've discovered is, and I think our committee is also a uh, that our strategic priorities we picked are pretty sound. Uh, regardless of the environment out there, they are pretty solid where they're at. With uh, you know, member-driven solutions, with our, you start out with weekly uh, jur- uh, jurisdictional calls, and then it became uh, bi-weekly or bi-monthly, then monthly. We saw a lot of interaction amongst our members and sharing of ideas and learning from each other and really helping each other along through a crisis. A lot of solutions were developed through that. It's pretty amazing. Of course, our work groups also, our standing committees do a lot of that work as well when we talked about the 13 items that were produced. The culture of excellence uh, is still solid too because of the fact that you have to have a pretty solid program to go through crises like this and then just go through the normal grind of day-to-day. And clearly, the staff has that uh, in spades with regard to... uh, being very nimble and flexible in their ability to adjust to working uh, remotely and providing virtual connectivity to everybody. That was just a great transition, very smooth under Whitney's leadership and then it just continued under while I was chair. We talked about technology management and I think that's an area where it talks a lot about the technology side of ANVA. but I think there's a technology element out in the field or out amongst our members that has become pretty much, and this is one area I would say that is something that may be something a little bit broader than as it was viewed by our previous uh, board members when setting up the previous strategic priorities on technology management. Uh, The need for remote services, online, kiosks, things like that was really a big part of the the COVID situation where those that had them leveraged them very strongly those that didn't have them got them on brought them on as quick as they could and everybody's looking at how can we go do more and then of course you try to do more with less because of budget budgetary challenges so technology is another way to deal with that as well so I think that is one area where there might be a little bit and then on fiscal integrity that's just something that you have to do well and we and our team and the board combined with the uh, Anva CIO CFO, did a great job in that area. So
0: what about the unexpected lessons, the surprises along the way? What What did you pick up? What did you learn, you know, whether it was a, a real lesson around program content or something funny about the experience of being chair? You know, any surprises along the way that you didn't expect to happen?
1: I got pretty good at working uh, from my front of my computer. <laughs> <laughs> You were not
0: you were not as screen bound uh, pre- previously, I suppose, and no, I like doing it. all these meetings virtually, you became pretty adept at the you know forty nine different platforms different meetings can be on.
1: <laughs> yeah, sometimes I feel like I am a radio host or something, but <laughs> I'm the uh, and I am not very good at that. So, I surprises. I thought it was really exciting to get to go to uh, actually get to travel and meet with <laughs> Anne in Charleston, South Carolina, for the uh, inlets. Uh, annual membership meeting. That was a first for ANVA, and I was really, uh, it was just nice to get out and go do that and meet face-to-face with individuals, get, yeah. get back in contact with the, some great people, with the Inlets members, members and share uh, our, our partnership with them as important, uh, indiv- important groups that relate to providing law enforcement the information they need to do their job. But also the importance of the securing data and not giving it to the wrong people. Um, and I think they shared that. And I think that was a great chance. And I was unexpected. I didn't expect to travel. So I was really happy to go do yeah. that. Um, I think it was also, if I was, share something personal with you and Samara, it was great to have our uh, on site uh, visit in Denver and have you guys come to Denver and get to have your first meal outside. <laughs> since the COVID crisis started here in Denver. So that was pretty, that's a right. good one.
0: Yeah, no, that was, that was a great trip. It was my first time on an airplane since COVID started. It was my first time in a restaurant. Uh, it was it was a lot of firsts that I got to do with you, Mike, as your, your, your chair. Gonna, I'll have to have pictures of us in my, uh, in my baby book of uh, Ian's, Ian's first time out post COVID. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's great. So, you know, Um, chairs pass on words of wisdom to each other and pick up some things along the way Um, what might be some advice you give to Chrissy and other future chairs that will follow her um, as different members get involved, sit on the board and and move up through the ranks
1: well it's hard to give some words of wisdom to one of the chairs award of excellence and achievement winners (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: well I'm sure she's now listening to this and blushing
1: Uh, (laughs) but uh, she's going to do a great job. She's done so much for AMBA um, starting with state to state uh, and among other things and still very active in doing great things for the association. Uh, I think the uh, words of wisdom, it's hard for me to, you know, I'm hopeful that we transition completely out of this and get to in person. And my experience would be hard to share with somebody on what to do in person, Uh, but if you want to talk behind the screen, I can give lots of advice, (laughs) which I really want to have to do that. I think I'd rather focus on the future. And I'm really excited about the future for ANVA. We've got some great board members that are coming up um, and we've done a great job as a board and with ANVA to divvy out the responsibilities. And I think the more experience you get in the different areas really helps you as a chair and you know you you don't really think about that so much when you as you're going up through that but it does really help you as you move up and uh, take this responsibility of chair because there's so many things that you know you're gonna learn like with a fire hose no matter what you do any type of job you take like this but the more you can learn along the way uh, the better off you are and i know a lot of our previous chairs have the same experience they've done a great job of providing support along the way and uh, provided great uh, contributions before they even became chairs yeah
0: so thinking about the future what's next for mike dixon
1: well i think don't i become the past chair
0: you do become the immediate past chair and we used to joke that it's the cushy job because you don't have to travel around all the time and you sit there and give the sage advice but you know it's (laughs) like you said it, it may not be as abrupt a change as as for others but it's still um it's still a, a nice position for a year to get to still be on the board without having to make all the hard
1: decisions. Yeah, I look forward to that. And, uh, I'm just eager to, uh, do whatever I can to help, uh, as we transition out. And, uh, I will probably stay focused on the endlets, uh, since I was one of the charter members of the ad hoc committee that worked mm-hmm. on that. So I'll continue my, uh, to have, uh, focus on that area. I will definitely keep a keen eye towards the technology side of the house because uh, that's really important in my job here in Colorado. Um, And I just know it's something that's in our future. We really got to keep focused on that because we got to be leaning forward with that. uh, The modernization, the Real ID Act, it just provides so much opportunity for us to further refine our processes. And streamline some processes such that we may not have to have all this uh, required paper to come into offices in the right. future. So, those are things that, as we can work to help our customers by doing things better, I think that will help us by them making the law easier for us to work with. Well, I know that even though
0: we didn't have to travel and stay in hotels, it's still a significant time commitment, even if it's more screen time, (laughs) carving out the time to, to sit and be part of all of those different meetings that we did online the different conferences, talking to different stakeholders. Um, and it really, it pulls you away from your uh, day-to-day responsibilities sometimes, or sometimes even family responsibilities to have to be on screen, especially when you're dealing with folks in different time zones and maybe you're up early or staying up late. And so it's, uh, Uh, on behalf of all of us, we really appreciate and are thankful for the commitment you've been able to make this year to do it in these most unusual circumstances.
1: Well, thank you, Ian. It's been my honor and pleasure to uh, serve as chair, and uh, um, I'm just hopeful that I was able to help out a little bit along the way.
0: (laughs) Your your, um, steady, calm, and deliberate nature, I think, is exactly the type of stable leadership organizations need during these times. And so it's, um, you know, it may not have been the, the, the travel and the interaction you'd hope for, but sometimes the uh, right leaders appear at the right times for the right qualities to fit the circumstances. And um, you just might be the picture of you in the, in the dictionary next to that little definition I just made up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's very generous, Ian. Thank you.
0: Well, thanks again, Mike. Thanks for spending a few minutes today uh, chatting about your your year as chair and looking back on some of the successes. I look forward to still seeing you around. Hopefully, like you say, a lot more in person than on screen uh, and enjoying our time together. For all of you out there listening, thanks again for tuning in and for hearing about Mike's year as chair. Be back here next week where we will talk to Mike's successor, the new chair, Chrissy Neiser. Until then, stay well, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Amvocast, hosted by Ian Grossman, produced by Claire Jeffrey, music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Recall Buzz, powered by Vinsmart. Visit us at
1: amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.